Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Good evening, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. And do not adjust your, your television sets, as they used to say. That is not Paddy that you're looking at. Today we have a substitute in for Paddy, and today I'm delighted to be joined by somebody who is uh, coming to us from a place that I can almost guarantee has an awful lot better weather than but and Ireland. Uh, we have the wonderful Ross from the South African Villains, um, Aston Villa Supporters Club. And, uh, you know, Ross, it's what's it like down in South Africa at the moment, I suppose, weather-wise, everything-wise, and what's it like being an Aston Villa fan down in South Africa? Well, you're spot on with the weather. It's definitely a lot better with all the most uh, countries up there in the north, UK and Ireland. <laughs> we have too much sun here. I can give you some of it. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll give you my address afterwards. You can post me up some. It's like it's like that guy over in the, over in where is he? I think he's based in County Mayo here in Ireland, and he actually sells bottled Irish air. So just gets a bottle, closes it, and sells it to the United States market. Um, and people buy it and yeah so if you want to send me up some South African sun I'd gladly buy it off you <laughs> sounds good we can do a trade <laughs> exactly yeah yeah exactly so tell me a small bit we will get into the Everton stuff and there's been a small bit of news about Aston Villa uh, uh, over the course of the day today but tell me uh, tell me a small bit about your club but tell me a small bit about a little bit about being an Aston Villa fan in South Africa number one as there are many of them number two why Aston Villa, I suppose, is not a good question. <laughs> well, first and foremost, thank you, Neil, for having me on the show. I'm delighted to be on. I've been following your guys' podcasts and shows for quite a while, so I'm feeling quite happy to be on. Um, in terms of Villa fans here in SA, there's not a huge number of us here. You know, a lot of people that are supporting Villa 
are quite of the older generation watching Villa in the golden era from the 80s and 90s and so forth. So very few of us. We have got a Facebook page up, um, which has about a thousand followers and an Instagram that's just under a thousand. But even though there is not a lot of us, the community and the family bond is strong, as it is with all villains around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's very, very seldom that you go to somewhere whereby you won't be, you know, you won't be within touching distance of a Lions Club or a Villain Supporters Club or whatever. Like I remember a couple of years ago, just just before the pandemic hit, I was in Cleveland and I just text Paddy and I said, "Jesus, Paddy, there isn't there isn't a Villa Villa um, or a Lions Club here." He goes, "There absolutely is." And where you're staying is only about ten minutes away from where that pub is, and I never made it because I got too drunk and i watched watch the game on my phone so uh, that's a story for a completely different day but you know it's 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 mad it's one of the things that i did when i first started a podcast i had quite a lot of uh supporters clubs on with us and um i i, I just it, it's fascinating to know you know about how the global reach of aston villa and, and sometimes i get caught up and think that you know that 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 it's mad to hear that, but like obviously people from Birmingham are wondering why maybe me based in Ireland would support Aston Villa, but there is quite a lot of Aston Villa fans here in Ireland, obviously because yeah. of uh, because of Paul McGrath and so on. But you know, you mentioned that there's about a thousand of you guys there in South Africa, and would you guys ever meet up? Is there any like is there any kind of uh, rituals that you guys would go through from meeting up to watch games or stuff like that, or do you do it once a year or anything? Well, actually, Neil, it's funny you say that because uh, we're meeting up for the Everton game at an Irish pub this weekend. So we do get to meet up very seldom nowadays because of COVID. Um, the villains, or the South African villains, is actually quite new. So I founded the club in 2019, and my whole mindset about it was I knew there was Villa fans in South Africa, and South Africa is quite a big country, for those of you who might mm-hmm. not know. We're huge. So I knew that there was Villa fans here, it's all about finding that central spot to meet and talk and, you know, interact with each other. And social media is a beautiful thing. You know, you can find a lot of people quite easily on it. So I started the fan club in about 2019 and it started gaining traction. A lot of Villa fans saw like, hey, there's actually a a central spot for all of us to talk and gather to. And um, about a couple months later, I managed to get in touch with Aston Villa. And thankfully I got verified and, became an official fan club, which helps a lot. It gives mm. our fans, our supporters, our members um, that that sense of officiality, you know. They're able to feel confident to join the fan club. Uh, so, yeah, it was unfortunate that we became official during COVID and we haven't been able to have so much meetups, but we have got one this Saturday. So if there's any South Africans that are watching this and want to meet up, please feel free to drop in the comments and we can see where you are in South Africa and find your closest base. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, that's one of the reasons I got to meet Paddy, uh, you know, was I started this podcast. The next thing, Paddy, I, I, I get a message on social media going, Jesus Christ, an Irish fellow doing a podcast. And I said, yeah, an Irish <laughs> fellow trying to do a podcast, Paddy. You know, do, you want, do you want to hop on and chat? You know, and, and, and that makes such a big difference, the fact that, you know, as you said, social media, social media can be beautiful and it can be ugly in, in, in equal measure. But when it goes right, you know, I, I, I've, I've said it a couple of times to, to, to Paddy, and I've said it a couple of times in this podcast that you know, without having the kind of interaction uh, to, with Aston Villa fans during the pandemic, you know, 
it, it would have been a bit more difficult, you know, it would have been more difficult and, uh, you know, having that outreach and as you said, with your Facebook, with the Facebook page and with, with Instagram is really, really good. So I don't know how many people would be listening to this in South Africa. I'm always <laughs> surprised to see when people start dropping in where they're listening from is actually crazy. Like we've had some, we had somebody listening in Vanuatu before we've had somebody listening in Oman. Um, we regularly have people in, we have people in, in far flung places like Turkey. Um, quite oh. regularly listen to the podcast so uh, you never know you never know where anybody is and absolutely check out the guys in the um, the AVFC South African uh, Villains uh, Supporters Club as well but um, there's a couple of, a couple of comments coming in here yeah Paddy's changed yeah Paddy changed it up a small bit he's um, just, it's just a different room he's just broadcasting from a different room that's all it is <laughs> nothing different to Paddy here at the moment um, but uh, we've got a couple of questions we've got a couple of comments here from some of the guys and let's go through it first of all I didn't apologise for my tardiness I usually don't because I'm usually late anyway but I feel I should tonight we're supposed to go at 7 had a bit of a baby dilemma who wouldn't go to sleep so daddy duty had to come first so it was it was it was all good though where um i can see that there doesn't seem to be any struggle going on indoors at the moment so uh so that's all good <laughs> but uh yeah, so, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> so contrary to popular belief paddy didn't have too many beers and fall asleep and that's why we weren't why, why we were late but um Couple of comments here, and look, I suppose we we'll talk about general kind of stuff first before we start chatting about uh, about the Everton. We finish up with about the Everton game, should I say? We finish up with 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 the Everton piece here. Uh, Cloudy with a chance of UFOs says, um, "Hope you a good night." Doesn't look like Suarez is happening. By the way, I need to get that DM in first and foremost. Sakaria or Basuma will do our both. Lol. I suppose just a little piece on that. I did a piece on, on Suarez last night, and I think um, the biggest reason that i i haven't heard where i put it out because look the links are a bit spurious at the moment and they may it may it's it's if it's going to be anything it's going to be a summer a summer thing yeah, we link to but, nearly everybody at the moment <laughs> absolutely 100 percent. but i just thought it was interesting to see the different type of striker he is in comparison to the two strikers we have granted there's some there's there is a rap sheet that comes with Luis Suarez, I suppose, if yeah. nothing else, and you take nothing else from the podcast I did last night, it's the type of striker that we're missing potentially that could come in and form a stable with um with, with the two boys that we have here. With the two boys we have are doing are, are, are doing okay individually, they need to learn how to play together as well. That's mm -hmm. obvious. But what Cloudy says here is that for me is the defensive midfielder first and foremost. I think that I, I, I even said it during the game, during the United game, if Aston Villa had Nemanja Matic, we would have won that game healthy um, yeah. at the weekend. But we need that what, what's your views on the defensive midfielder? You know, it's a tough one. Uh, look, whoever we uh, want to buy will definitely be a long-term target. I mean, it's unlucky that Nakamba got injured. He's a good player. But whoever we do get will have to be an immediate upgrade from Nakamba. And... You know, this is something that I was talking about with my members. It's unfortunate because we're at that transitional stage at Aston Villa where every player that we're going to end up buying now is going to be and has to be better than the current player in their in their role, in their position. So it is, it's it's a tricky one because in my opinion, I look at the, the defense and Konza was injured and the only person we had backup was House. Mm. Now... Is he good enough cover for if either him or Mings get injured for potentially the season? I'm not sure. Then there's also another issue with the squads looking quite bloated. Yes, we've got good players, but majority of the players are not the top, in my opinion, to take us to Europe or even sustain the European spots. 
and fight for that. So if we're going to be looking to buy up some players, I think we need to look to get rid of some before we do. We need to balance the books. Yeah. And I think that there's probably bits and pieces involved in that. And, you know, when we look at, I suppose, even yesterday and today, it's highly likely that Jaden Philogene Bidez goes to Stoke. If he's not gone already, it's it's more or less uh, ink needs to dry in the contract stuff. And then we've seen Cameron Archer today go to Preston North End. And I think that yeah. they're two fantastic loans because, you know, they've, uh, first of all, with Jaden Philogene Bidez, he's been regularly contributing on a bench off the bench or not off the bench, but he's been on the bench. He's been around the first team squad for Aston Villa at the moment. And um, for him to progress, I think it is, the, it's a smart decision to let him go for the rest of the year. We will have Trezeguet and Bertrand Troy coming back after the AFCON. Trezeguet may not yeah. even be here, but come the end of January, who knows, depending on what kind of AFCON he has. But, um, you know, having Fulgin Bidez not playing is not any benefit to us or to him. And I think Stoke is a fantastic move for him. And it's interesting yeah. the way they've pulled a lot of players back from loan. And now they seem to have gotten better loans for these two players who feature for the, for the first team this season. But Philogene Bidez, for me, needs to show that he can get he can get chalk in his boots, hug the touchline, get down the line as a traditional winger and get crosses in. And I'm telling you, with Michael O'Neill's team at Stoke, you know he's going to have all the opportunity in the world to do that because um, that's what they do. They get balls into the box yeah. and it'll be an interesting one for him and he'll be able to take his licks and take his kicks uh, while he's out there from some championship defenders. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, you touched on the fact that Villa have actually recalled quite a couple of players. Barry was one. Uh, Kane Kessler, another one. Uh, mm -hmm. We recalled, uh, I think it was Seb Raven. There was, yeah, there was a couple of players that we ended up calling back. And, you know, I have to applaud the management from that. They could see that they weren't getting on well. Well, mind you, Kessler was doing quite well, but for Barry and Seb, they they looked like they were just not fitting right with the team they learned out to. Like Barry wasn't getting any time at Ispuch. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. In terms of uh, Jaden, the championship is definitely going to be a step up for him because he's going to learn to actually get some strength, take the knocks, take the hits, and try and stand up. So it will definitely be toughening him up for that. Uh, I was reading something about uh, Kane Kessler. It looks like he's even pushing Matty Cash for a starting berth. And I found that interesting because I watched his match for Swindon against Man City and he was not too bad. He was doing quite well. Mm. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how Villa bring through the youth players, which is also why it, I fathom why we have to keep looking into the transfer market. I'm quite old school. Where I feel we have the academy. We've got a good academy. Look to try and bring some players in from that, even if it is for uh, a couple spells in a match. We don't need to replace whole players like Nakamba. He's only injured for a, a couple months or so. I'm sure that we have uh, some other replacement for that lying within the club. Basuma was uh, rated at 50 million pounds from Brighton. Zakaria, I don't think we're getting. We, no, I think he's clubs. on his way to Juventus, and I think he'll go on a free transfer. But that might free up Weston McKinney, who's been a long, a long term. Uh, uh, I was going to say long-term love love interest of mine but you know what I mean I've loved him I can't say yes. I loved him long-term but you know what I mean <laughs> I've wanted yeah. him last the villa for a while <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know there's other targets there and I know that we can look within the club to just have that short-term replacement just until we finish the season and then Gerard can evaluate the squad as a whole uh, we can see where we finish up in the league and the board and Gerard can make some decisions and goals for the next season that's coming in. 
And you know what's an interesting one as well, Ross? Just while we're on the com- having a conversation about that um, with the youth players, maybe it might, maybe the club might. Like, to me, it wouldn't be an absolute travesty if we brought in a central defensive midfielder that was 30, 31, 32. There was an experienced no. head that could come in and slow the game going. Because, as you say, I think the club really like Arjun Reiki. I think the club really like yes. Chuck Moeka. They want Chuck Moeka to play. And I think the club really like Hayden Lindley, who's somebody who needs to bulk up because he's a good defensive midfielder. He's just a bit small at the moment, I think. Although ideally, I, I'd imagine he probably moves to somewhere like a, like right back as, as the years go on. But what I'm trying to get at here, even Lamar Bogart, I think Lamar Bogart doesn't end up playing centre half in in senior football. I think he moves out to more of an Angola Kante uh, position in that defensive midfield. So yeah. maybe they bring in a kind of an old experienced head to be able to come in and slow the game down. It won't be the sexy signing. It mightn't be the one that everybody loves, and it might get a bit of backlash in, at times. But I think. It, they could do a lot worse than bring in somebody like a have somebody have the effect like maybe an Esteban Cambiasso did it did at Leicester a couple of years ago before they went on to win the league and it allowed them to it allowed them to solidify that midfield and then bring in better players and then they were able to then after Cambiasso they were able to bring in the likes of N'Golo Kante then they've replaced him with Ndidi and you know they've identified the type of player that they want to play yeah. in that position. At this moment in time, because we've had flux of t- of of two team managers this year. And particularly, we didn't really identify the type of player that we wanted while Dean Smith was here. I think that might give us an option to do so. If we have a, like a, a solid defensive midfielder, it's maybe a small bit up there in years 30, 31, 32. See if we've got anything coming through the academy. And if not, we can dip back into the transfer market again. It's a risky strategy, uh, but it kind of ties in what you're saying there, that if we do have somebody that we think in time to come will be able to slot into a defensive midfielder role, why not bring in that kind of stopgap? Yeah. Uh, it, w- it won't be popular, but maybe it could. Maybe it could happen. Uh, yeah, exactly. Happen. I mean, that's that's being realistic and it's being logical. You know, we don't want to overspend more than we already have. I mean, we've made some good signings this window and in my opinion, it's been a success. I'm happy with it. But pointing back to the youth team, it's the same team that won the youth FA Cup last season. Mm. So they've got to be good. They've got to be good. And they've been called back to the club from their respective loans for a reason. Gerard yeah. and the uh, Aston Villa board have got a plan for that. So, yeah, if you're going to bring in an experienced central defender just to calm things down, as you say, and influence the players around him, I mean, Mings has been quite inconsistent. Um, and House probably also needs a little bit of a confidence booster. So if you bring in somebody who has that experience, that reputation, I'm not sure what type of players out there that would fit that type of uh, that image that we're putting there. But mm. if Villa can do that, even on a loan signing until the end of the season, I'll be more than happy. Yeah, it, as you say, padding, we're, we're bloated in some areas. We need to kind of get, get get a bit more depth in other areas, and that's for sure. Look, if they do, if they go in and spend $50 million on a top-class central defensive midfielder, I'm not going to give out about it, <laughs> put it that way. So I'm not trying to be contrarian for the sake of it. I'm just saying that there's many, many different ways to to um to, to cook the pudding here. So a uh, couple of other comments. Let's hear, let's see this here. Um yeah, Paddy says, Paddy says, welcome, Ross. Don't take any grief from Neil. I I that's okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> Paul Corbett says, um, with regards to, I suppose for this is for the 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 team setup. How he feels the team was set up against Everton um, is keep the midfield the same as United. Need to give Sanson a run. 
push McGinn into number 10, like yeah. in Scotland, and next to Bundia behind Watkins, Coutinho to be given the last 25 minutes then. I think you might be on to something, but I think it probably, I think it's likely going yeah. to be Jacob Ramsey that would be pushed up into that position. Yeah, um, uh, you know what? I agree with that. You know, um, Sanson did really, really well. I was impressed with him, and I was impressed with Buendia against United. I mean, yes, Sanson did make a mistake that led to the goal. But prior to that, he was playing, I think, the best that I've ever seen him in a Villa shirt. He was running up and down the pitch. He was closing players down, and he complemented the midfield well. It gave Ramsey that room to roam. So, yeah, I agree with that. Why not? Mm. Let's try that. I mean, what have we got to lose? We've, we're going to be safe from relegation this season. The only way is up. If we can try and get close to Europe spots, I mean, yes, we'd love to have Europe, but I've written that off a long time ago, and that's not me sounding pessimistic. That's just me sounding and giving um, a good expectation to build on something under Gerard for next season and mm. get those players to gel together. I think, yeah, and and uh, I, I think we will see a lot of combinations in midfield this season as the season goes on, just from because I think that the Steven Gerrard likes to to rotate his sixes and likes to rotate his eights. He did it against, um, he did it when he was with Rangers as well. So, uh, you know, it is definitely something, uh, something that he's going to look at, uh, going forward. Um, let's take a little. Look, I suppose. Oh, actually, just beforehand, yes, Courtney House did sign sign a, uh, a new three and yes. a half year deal today. So uh, we're very pro Courtney House in this on, on the podcast here. So I'm, I didn't think it was going to happen, but I think I think that he is. Uh, I think he's a, he's he's a good squad depth piece. He spoke well in his interview today. Is he going to go in and win? Um, when uh, the, the the Ballon d'Or is a centre half or anything like that, no, he's not. But uh, he's exactly what you kind of need from your third, fourth, a uh, centre uh, centre half. And he, if he does need to play against Everton at the weekend, I think that we'll we'll see him equip himself well. And he may very well need to play at the weekend, Ross, because Kanza yeah. is going to be um, Kanza is going to be touch and go. I can't imagine he's going to be played at the weekend, which would leave the door open for, for Courtney House, and then potentially we might see Josh Feeney, Lamar Bogard, or uh, Phil Swinkles on, on, the, on the bench then, which the is, bench, once yeah. again, going back to what you said about bringing through the, through the youth. Yeah, I also read House. I think he's so good for Villa, and he slots in easily. I mean, uh, when he made his first appearance for Villa against uh, United at Old Trafford, he scored that goal. I mean... <laughs> He slotted in so well after being out of the team for quite a while. Mm. And I think back then, Tunzebe was still ahead of him. And obviously, Tunzebe wasn't eligible against his parent club. So when House came in and he pocketed Ronaldo and still scored the winning the winning goal, <laughs> it just shows his character and the type of ability he has. So he's done, well, Villa have done well to keep hold of him. I think he's a very mm. good squad player. Yeah, and that's what he is. Like as I say, he's... he's... Someone is dependable that can come in, in in a pinch. Um so Ross, like what what what's your, your thoughts? Like this Everton team are gonna be I'm, I'm not gonna say they're gonna be difficult to pin down because they've just sacked their manager, a manager who seemed to be a very toxic relationship with the club. They've lost yeah. arguably who they feel was their best defensive player and potentially their best creative player in Lucas Dean. To our game. <laughs> exactly, to our game. And he's now gonna be in Claret and Blue at the weekend. And they've got Big Duncan, who's like fan favorite over yeah. their club, over the team at the weekend. So, like for me, I don't know what to make of everything. I, I fully expect Aston Villa to go out, and I, you would have to expect them to win. But you know, I just don't know what to make of everything. When you look down at Everton's team, Ross, they've, they've 
got some superb players, you know, Michael yeah. Keane, international, Yerry Mina, international, Jordan Pickford, international, Ben Godfrey, international, Mil- uh, Mikolenko, international, Damari Gray, not an international, Andre Gomez, international, Decore, international, Anthony Gordon, not an international, Calvert-Lewin, an international, Rick Harrison, an international, like, I could go on and on and on. They've got, literally, they've got big name players in big positions in the field, but they just, for the last three years, they just haven't been able to put it together. Yeah, you know, Everton's a tricky one. You can go back to when the, um, when the new owners bought, a, bought the club. Their strategy was quite poor. And it reminded me a little bit of the old villa under Tony Chai, where they just started spending money and mm. splashing the cash, and they didn't really have any structure. And that shown. I mean, I would have personally wanted Rafa to stay for another week because they were on such a bad run. I would have taken the three points, and I'm sure if we played them against... Um, with Rafa still in charge, that was pretty much almost a given. But yeah, it's going to be a tricky one, especially with Duncan Ferguson there. When he was interim manager the last time, he did quite well. So I think Gerard will know that, and he'll set out a team that's willing to go. It's going to be a hard game, and it won't be the same Everton team that we played early in the season where we gave them 3-0. And prior for, or for that game, we need Leon Bailey to come on and be a super sub. So it's going to be a hard game. There's no easy game in the Premier League. Mm. But the Everton players will be low in confidence, that's for sure. And this might be a potential banana skin because they want to get their confidence up and they see this Villa match um, as as the one, you know, as the target. But mm. I'm optimistic. We're also on a good run. And I think that we should go there and take all three points. Yeah, and this is a good point from Paul that says the big Dunkley will have them massively fired up. Can't start as slowly as we've been doing as the crowd will start getting behind them. Absolutely, because he's like, we underestimate that, like, that guy is to Everton as, like, you know, you you, you name it, he is a talisman for Everton Football Club. Like, what he did at that club was, 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 they they adore him for it. And he's come back and he's been part of the setup and he feels at home there. So, like, if nothing else, you'd be able to talk about that he is going to be able to give his big rah-rah speech inside that dressing room and tell those players exactly what Everton means and get them fired up. So, the starting slowly thing has been annoying for Aston Villa in the last couple of days, last couple of games. And and we certainly can't afford to do it um, at the weekend because, yeah, it'd be, this this would be a real confidence sapper and a real um, confidence blow if we were to lose it. Because, yes, we only drew two all with Manchester United, but to lose to Everton at the weekend, there would be serious I don't questions asked about that. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> are we what we really think we are at that stage? Because, but I don't think we are going to lose. But yeah. uh, you know, we do need to. We do need to kind of, as you said, potential banana skin here is a very frame, famous phrase in, yeah. in Irish football. The the phrase when Steve Staunton, our, our former manager and former Aston Villa player, uh, went out and said that San Marino were a potential banana skin for, for uh, Ireland um, when yeah, the San Marino just shouldn't be a potential banana skin for anybody. <laughs> um, but it was an interesting phrase. Uh, but the, the, this Everton game does have uh, the potential to, to, to kind of creep up and catch us if we, don't, if we aren't um, on the marks from, from minute go. And I suppose when we look at the team, we've already spoken about House, we've already spoken about, uh, about Sanson maybe, maybe coming into, into midfield. Let's talk about kind of the elephant in the room up front. Watkins and Ings, Ross, talk to me about that because, you know, it's like the proof is almost, there's almost a pudding there. Yeah. 
play them together. And I think, you know what, you have to call it for what it is, Neil. There's no hiding behind it. I mean, between the two players, we spent just over, what, 50 million between both of them. And sometimes you're going to have to make the hard choices, but I don't think they can play together. Not in both attacking roles, anyway. If we're going to get them to play together, then Watkins might have to drop to the left wing, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. So we have to we have to look at it for what it is. It's been for it's been six months. We we're, we're going to the second half of the season now. If there was something there, we would have seen it. I mean, a couple of goals here and there, a couple of good link up play as well. It for me, it doesn't consolidates having both of them start at the same time together and performances from the past you know just back up what i'm saying when you have ings up front by, by himself or watkins up front by himself other players are also brought into the game the link up is a lot better too i wouldn't have them together up front because i feel that we struggle and i think gerard is trying to push that agenda by bringing coutinho by having jacob ramsey also lying deep and uh you know, pushing his playmaking skills up there. And Buendia, you know, he wants to have that loaded attack from midfield to our strikers. But unless something drastic turns around, you know, very time soon, I don't think they'll be starting together for much longer. It's, it's interesting. I, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think that the club can justify stacking the two of them and dropping Buendia at the moment. Just the form that he's in, like... I I'd completely forgotten about the ball he played for Danny Ings' goal against Bre- against Brentford. It was just yeah. like it was silky smooth, and then he played a very similar ball like that, a nudge forward between the defender and the and the and the fullback just down the side of the defender for Jacob Ramsey for Coutinho's goal at the weekend. Yes. So Bundia isn't isn't going to be dropped. We no. do have Coutinho that will come in. He is going to command an automatic starting position in that number ten role. And that means that Watkins or Ings needs to decide who's going to start scoring goals up there or who wants to be fed by the two of them. Also, you've got Chuck Moeko who came off the bench the weekend. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I've watched it back again. He he was he was his most the most energetic and the most I'm going to say the most grown up I've ever seen him on the field. Yes. Even more so than when he played against Man City because he did dirty work and then he also got into the box and did and 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 was was kind of clever about when he made his runs forward. So Kind of piggybacking on the point that you made there about the two of them, I think it's the two between the two of them. They're going to have to decide who actually really wants it and start scoring goals because it's great, great to have the two of them, and I think both of them can take that 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 central striking role. Um, but this isn't the competition that we envisaged when we signed them. We wanted them no. to in competition. You wanted them to complement each goals. other. Yes, exactly, and maybe have the two of them in the field, but. It, but it isn't panning out that way. So now we need one of them to step up to the plate and start being our goal scorer, which is which is really interesting. And there's, there's a really good... good. I, I completely forgot about this, Christine. Buendia's pass in preseason for Watkins was just absolutely excellent. I'm going yeah. to say it was against Salernitania. I think that's who it was, uh, who it was against, but it was a beauty. It was from inside his own half, and he just split yes, the defense right down the middle. Absolutely excellent. Absolutely excellent. Um. Claudia is right here as well. We're not in a good run at the moment. We're on a bad run. The United draw could be a turning point. Well, we were on a bad run before the United. Right? That's, that's yeah. what we said. And we we're saying that this is a potential banana skin that we need to win uh, to, to keep keep the positivity flowing, uh, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, so look, I'm going to put you on the spot. I don't usually do this, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you think, like, like give us a score prediction for the weekend, Ross? Against Everton? Yeah. I don't see us keeping a clean sheet. I think uh, big Dunk Ferguson will have his Everton squad quite fired up. I would like to say 2-1. I think Coutinho will grab another goal. And, yeah, I think Coutinho will be a big, big player for this game. Coutinho and probably another goal from Ramsey. I just don't see Ings or Watkins like growing into the game. And if I may just touch on something you said before about Ings and Watkins, about how uh, one of them has to decide who's actually going to start banging the goals. That's the worst thing strikers, especially uh, partnership strikers, have to um, have to come to terms with because they know one of them is going to be dropped. That yeah. gives more motivation for each of them to be quite selfish with the ball. So if you're expecting them to be linking up to try and have them both in the squad, then think again. One of them is going to step up and either it's going to be to both of the detriment or one of them is going to arch on the other and get that starting berth. And the, the World Cup is coming up as well. Watkins would be hungry to get back in that England squad. I know he was quite uh, upset when he, when he lost his place to Bamford. And Ings might also want to have a shout. So there is going to be extra motivation and their performances on the pitch are going to speak for themselves. Yeah. And hopefully we're the, we're the, we profit from that and they both find, their, find their, their scoring boots. And even if one does have to come off the bench, we still need a scoring threat from the bench. So it's within our, it, it's, it's, it's what we want. We don't want one to just kind of leapfrog yeah. the other. We want both of them to be scoring goals. But the thing is here, we need a goal scorer within this team. Yes. No point in having all the window dressing with a decent midfield, two, two very, very good number 10s. You need someone to put it in the back of the net up top as well. And um, I'm quite confident yeah. that one of them will step above the parapet and, and start to do that. Well, Ross, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on tonight. Really, really enjoy chatting to you um, all the way down in South Africa. I just realized there must be I, I don't even know what the time difference is a lot of time is the time difference that bad in south africa i think it's not too it's about, bad about uh two hours from uk time so right now oh, it's yeah. about 10 to 10 at night yeah that, that's okay that's okay i don't feel so bad now i thought it was closer to 12 <laughs> o'clock i don't feel so bad being a bit late now but uh ross do you want to do you want to tell everybody where they can find and maybe join the um the the, the villains club that you have there, supporters club Yes, of course. Uh, thank you for that. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Villains South Africa or on Facebook at Aston Villa Fan South Africa. Cool. And do you have a Twitter? Do you, did anyone? No, no, just Instagram you? and Facebook. <laughs> Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, the world of Twitter can be can be crazy, the craziest world. Yeah. I live in there. I live in We're Twitter. not at that statue yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, get on there. It's a good way to meet other Villa fans as well. But you so you heard it there, guys. If you're interested, if any of you are thinking of going on safari when whatever restrictions in whatever country you're <laughs> living in at the moment lift, you know, I know I was talking to a mate of mine. He said, God, I haven't been able to go to the pub in like two and a half years. I don't know what I'm going to do with my money when, when the place opens up. And he actually mentioned he was thinking of going on safari. Um, uh, so I'll, he's not a Villa fan, but if Villa are playing the team that he's that he's playing against, they'll send him your way. Um, maybe for, for a recommendation for somewhere to, to wet his whistle and have a pint. But I really appreciate you coming on, Ross. Wish all the success with the, with the, the, the South African Supporters Club. And hopefully it continues to go strength to strength. And you never know, hopefully we have a South African player playing for Aston Villa in the near future that can uh, grow the fan base. <laughs> just like Marvelous Nakamba has done and, and even Samata has done in the past. 
unless we forget Trezeguet with all the um, all the Egyptian <laughs> fans we've had as well on, on the back of that too. But um, really, really appreciate you coming on. Really appreciate everybody here watching as well. A uh, bit of an earlier time. Thank you so much for, for bearing with me while I was a bit late earlier on. We will be, we'll be back with a team sheet tantrum on Saturday. Um, Master Patrick will be back with us once again, and we will do the team sheet tantrum Um uh, keep an eye on Twitter for uh, for more information about that. So once again, Ross, I want to say absolute thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming on. Really appreciate everybody watching tonight. Um, onwards and upwards towards Everton. I'm sure everyone will be glued to hear Stephen Gerrard's comments uh, tomorrow on potentially the Ezri Kanza situation. We'll be back to talk about all that on Saturday. And until then, everybody stay safe. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.